Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. As a woman preacher, I can't help but love St. Mary Magdalene. She was the first witness to the resurrection. And when I first discerned my call to be a preacher, I got a tattoo of her on my forearm. It's from a rare depiction in ancient Christian art of her proclaiming the resurrection to the apostles. There's a bigger image of it over there. I felt that when I needed to, I could then borrow strength from Mary Magdalene. And since today, July 22nd, is her feast day, we decided weeks ago to ditch the normal Sunday readings and celebrate her as an important saint to us. But then Friday happened. I was still in New Orleans when I saw the news of the shooting. And after praying that you were all safe, I soon thought we can't really hold a celebration of a saint today. It just wouldn't really make sense. I'd gone to New Orleans with an idea for a sermon on Mary Magdalene, a sermon about who gets to speak in the Bible and who gets to be named in the Bible and blah, blah, blah. And just as I was about to ditch it all and go with the regularly assigned text for today, I went back and read this story of Mary Magdalene at the tomb and realized, given the violence and terror thrust upon our community this week, that maybe Mary had more to say about it than I could. I decided again to borrow strength and voice from her. So were I a pastor who titled her sermons, this one would be WWMMP, What Would Mary Magdalene Preach? I think Mary would not shy away from naming the darkness and despair of an event like Friday's massacre in our community. She was familiar with darkness, after all. Luke tells us that it is from Mary Magdalene that Jesus cast out seven demons. Then, having been freed from her demons, she followed Jesus, and as the text tells us, even supported the ministry from her own pocketbook. And at the end, it was Mary Magdalene who did not deny Jesus, nor betray Jesus, nor hightail it out when things got rough. But she, with just a couple other faithful women, stood at the cross. And after Jesus died, it was Mary who came to his tomb, as we are told, while it was still dark. My bishop, Alan Bjornberg, once said that the greatest spiritual practice isn't yoga or praying the hours or living in intentional community or living in intentional poverty, although these are all beautiful in their own way. The greatest spiritual practice, he told me, is just showing up. And in some ways, Mary Magdalene is like the patron saint of just showing up. Because showing up means being present to what is real, what is actually happening. She didn't necessarily know what to say or what to do or even what to think. But none of that is nearly as important as the fact that she just showed up. She showed up at the cross where her teacher Jesus became a victim of our violence and terror. She looked on as the man who had set her free from her own darkness bore the evil and violence of the whole world upon himself, and yet she showed up. I think St. Mary Magdalene, were she your preacher, would be braver than I. 
She would not shy away from the dark reality of innocent people slaughtered while it was still dark. She would show up and name the events of two days ago exactly what they were, horrific, evil, senseless violence without a shred of anything redemptive about it. And I think that were Mary Magdalene here, she would have very little tolerance for the platitudes and vapid optimism of so much overly churched Christianity. Those are simply luxuries of people who've never had demons or never admitted to them. But equally, she would abhor nihilism or the idea that there is no real meaning in life, ideas present in so much of postmodernity. That, too, is a luxury, but it is one of those who have never been freed from demons. I think she would show up and tell us that despite it all, despite the violence and fear, that it's still always worth it to love God and to love people, and always, always it is worth it to sing Alleluia, for surely the devil hates the sound of it. Speaking of which, I thought for a moment of canceling beer and hymns on Friday night. We have so much fun at that event, and I thought that perhaps it wasn't the right thing to do that night. Thankfully, that thought only lasted a moment. Then I posted on Facebook that that night we would still gather to sing praises to God. For as the funeral mass says, even as we go to the grave, we still make our song Alleluia. And then after beer and hymns, we sat in a noisy Denver bar and sang vespers together. We sang our prayer to God, and in our singing I heard a defiant tone. The sound of a people who simply will not believe that violence wins. A people who know that the sound of the risen Christ speaking each of our names drowns out all other noises. It drowns out the sound of the political posturing, the sound of cries for vengeance, the sound of our own fears and anxieties, and the deafening uncertainty we all have. Because all of it is no match for the shimmering sound of the resurrected Christ calling our name. Because in baptism, we are a people who are marked by the cross of Christ. Upon our foreheads is the mark of violence and death. But this violence and death has been overcome by the love of a God who in the three days between Good Friday and Easter reached into the very bowels of hell and said, even here I will not be without you. This is the God to whom we sing. A God who didn't say we would never be afraid, but that said we would never be alone. A God who shows up. In the violence of the cross, in the darkness of a garden before dawn, in a gardener, in a movie theater, in the basement of a bar, God shows up. In 2010, on that first evening after the earthquake in Haiti, news reports came in that that said that when night fell on the streets of Port-au-Prince, people were singing hymns and psalms. Blessed be God, they sang. People were singing praises to God amidst their entire world destroyed. It is an act of defiance against evil. It's important to note that to sing praises to God amongst destruction and violence is not the same as saying, hey God, we think you're awesome for allowing horrible things to happen. To sing praise to God amidst destruction and violence is to simply put evil in its place. 
It's to draw a line and say, here and no further. For the devil surely hates the sound of alleluia. This is why here at house on the evening of Good Friday, we took the purple tulips that we had laid at the cross during the Good Friday liturgy, and we drove to where a teenage boy had shot and killed another teenage boy the week before, and we laid those holy flowers at the site of the murder, and we sang, Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. Singing in the midst of evil is what it means to be disciples like Mary Magdalene. Because to be disciples like Mary Magdalene is to show up. It is to be a people who stand, who stand at the cross and stand in the midst of evil and violence. And even if we're uncertain, we are still unafraid to be present to all of it. We are unafraid to name the dark demons of evil and to call a thing what it is. And to be disciples like Mary Magdalene is also to be a people who weep, a people who show up to the tombs and weep. Weep for ourselves, weep for each other, weep for our city and for dead six-year-old girls. And to be a disciples like Mary Magdalene is to be a people who listen and who turn at the sound of our names. Amongst the sounds of sirens and fear and isolation and uncertainty and loss, we hear a sound that muffles all the rest, that still, small voice of Christ speaking our names. And finally, the very reason we can do these things is not because we happen to be people with the best set of skills for the work. Trust me, we're not. But the reason we can be disciples like Mary Magdalene, the reason we can stand and we can weep and we can listen is because finally we, like Mary Magdalene, are bearers of resurrection. We know that on the third day he rose again. We do not need to be afraid. Because to sing to God amidst all of this is to defiantly proclaim, like Mary Magdalene did to the apostles, that death is simply not the final word. To defiantly say that a light shines in the darkness, and a darkness cannot, will not, shall not overcome it. And so evil be damned, because even as we go to the grave, still we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Amen.